and this is the Everyday Faith Podcast, where we talk about how you can connect your faith to your everyday life. Welcome back. Today, we're going to be talking about making a comeback. Now, when we think of people who are, quote, too far gone, unquote, we typically think of people who have done these big, massive public scandals. Yet many people will, whether consciously or not, end up labeling themselves as too far gone for much more common things. The reality is many of us will never experience a major scandal, affair, etc. But many of us will experience some kind of fall. And while others may label the things we fall with as less offensive or less serious, the consequence is still the same, maybe just in a different scale. But we end up in a place where we feel we cannot come back to God or the church, hence the need for a comeback. Yeah, so when we typically think of stuff like this uh, with these, I guess for lack of a better way to put it, when we think of being sinners, uh, a lot of times, like you said, we think of the big name stories. We, But the reality is most of us are probably never going to have an affair, hopefully, to our listeners. Please don't. Uh, we're not going to be involved in any kind of corruption scandals or major illegal activities. I mean, statistically, it just we're not likely to be involved in those kind of things. But there are some things that we are more likely to go through, like a divorce. I mean, we've all heard the, st- the very sad statistics on that. It's something like a 50% chance now. Uh, we might struggle with substance use. And, you know, we hear that word and usually jump to illegal drugs. But remember, that includes alcohol, too. So we might struggle with something like alcoholism. Uh, Maybe on a less uh, secular example, it might just be that we leave the church. Uh, Not because of, you know, we actually have legitimate objections, like we've been abused or something like that, but simply because we just didn't want to go anymore or we just let our faith stagnate. Uh, Those are things that we might all go through. Those are things that a lot of us are going to experience at some point in our faith. Uh, And yet, all of those things, while we don't think of them as being as serious as the affairs and the scandals, they can still leave us feeling too far gone. They can leave us feeling like we just, we can't go back to church again. We can't, more importantly, go back to God again. And so I I ask, what do we do if we find ourselves in that position? Yeah, so this is a position that a lot of people, I think, find themselves at at some point in life, whether it be through one of these major events that we talked about, or just simply having a crisis of their own faith. And people get super lost when they're going through these things. Uh, because the reality is like if you have built your life upon a foundation of faith and you take away a key component of that faith, well, part of your foundation's gone, your life's gonna be kind of slip and sliding all over the place. And so we experience this loss, and I know many people will end up saying something like, I haven't been to church since I was, you know a teenager. I was confirmed. I was baptized, whatever motion I needed to go through. Um, And then I just kind of 
fell away. And so, cut this part, Ben. I do not remember the question that you asked me. <laughs> what do we do when we find ourselves in that position where we feel we are too far gone? So when we find ourselves in these positions that it's so far distant and we don't feel the connection anymore, we don't feel like we can go back, uh, there's some practical things that we can do. Number one, just accept that we all have something that we fall from. You know, this wonderful thing that we talk about called sin. But the reality is, like, we all do sin. We all do fall. And some things make us... <laughs> Speak for yourself. Will. All right. Uh, Jesus 2.0 over here, I guess. Oh, I know. I know. Kidding, 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 kidding. <laughs> but like we, we all go me. through this experience of sin and we all fall. And some of those things will make us feel just absolutely disgusting. Like we cannot return. But I think with the acceptance that we all do fall, we realize that we can return. I just, I, I always like to remind people of the uh, oft quoted verse of Romans 3.23. Like we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's, that's scripture. It's biblical. The reality is every single person since Adam and Eve, like we all fall. Yeah. Except for Jesus, and of course. Like, I, I find it personally very comforting knowing that we all fall. Like we have all failed and I am not alone in that failure. I am not alone in the the emotions and the feelings of when I am feeling far from God. And part of it is, okay, once we know this, we can accept our low place. And once we accept it, we can begin the journey of recovery, our, our return, our comeback story. But at our low place, we we can take some time to kind of take inventory why are we here what what got us here uh was it something relationally was it something that we latched on to uh, was it burnout what got us to this point and how do we recognize that how do we reevaluate our priorities so we don't stay here and sometimes when we fail miserably it really just means we got to think through how did I get here and how am I going to grow from this? Many things that we consider uh, failures, it's just a learning opportunity that we need to take to get back to, to a better place than we were. We can seek mentorship for a failure and learn how to grow under someone who knows better, who has gone through the experience and actually work through it instead of staying at the very bottom. And there's more to it than just uh, accepting that we sin, of course. I think some people, they actually can do that part. I think a lot of people, when they get to that too far gone feeling, they're willing to accept, of course, we all fall, uh, but I've fallen too far or something like that. Um, my pit is deeper than yours. Yeah, exactly. It's like, my... you don't understand my sin. It's worse. I have gone through this experience nobody else has, and I am so far from God. It's that idea of nobody can hate me as much as I hate myself, you know? Uh, so we always, we always look so, so strongly on our own sins. 
Um, but like I said, we can't stop at accepting that we fall. So that's that's the first part is just accept it happens. And if you're in that situation, it has happened and it's okay. But after that, if we want to get back, then we have to do a little bit harder of a step. And that's we have to take responsibility for it. We have to take accountability for one, our ourselves and our spiritual life, and two, any damage that you might have caused. Um, I, I do want to clarify that for some people, maybe there's not going to be uh, damage that you've caused. Like maybe your your too far gone moment came out of, like I said, I used the example of a divorce earlier. And it's not so much that you were the one who sought it, but it kind of happened to you. And that led you away from God, led you away from the church. You may not need to apologize for damage that you've caused if you're in a situation like that. But there is still an element of taking accountability for the way that you manage your faith during those trials. Um, We ultimately have to be able to accept that our faith, our relationship with God is our responsibility. And if anything comes between that, if anything causes us to just step away from it, we have to be able to say, okay, I recognize my part in this. And then for those of us who maybe our sin was something that hurt other people, we have to be able to, again, take responsibility for that and and acknowledge, yes, I hurt you. Yeah, I remember years ago, I had a friend who, though I would not full heartedly agree with this summation of Christianity, he said one of the biggest parts of understanding Christianity was taking personal responsibility for your own actions. And like, I don't think it's the full summation, but I do think it is a good part of it of realizing, you know, who we are, our actions do influence other people. And when we hurt people, that is, it's on us as somebody that can recognize that as a shortcoming, recognizing that we are human beings, that we've fallen, to be able to say, hey, I'm sorry, let me try to make this right, instead of just like brushing it under the rug and ignoring that we've ever hurt somebody before. Yeah, for sure. Um, And like you said, obviously, there's a lot more to Christianity than just taking accountability for your actions. Summation, brief point of Christianity. (laughs) But uh, this is an essential part. We do have to. I mean, gosh, I mean, think of like David having to choose like, hey, which which punishment do you want to accept for what you did? Um, That's a story for another time. But there's a lot of there's a lot of stories throughout Scripture of people having to accept. Yes, I caused damage. Yes, I'm going to acknowledge it. Uh, and of course, lastly, we, we can't stop at just taking responsibility. Those, those steps, accepting that we fell, taking responsibility, they're great. But if they don't come without this last part, then it doesn't matter. And that's it. We have to change the behavior that led us there. We have to change our situation. We have to change whatever the, the pattern of behavior is. And there's a big Christian word for it. It's called repentance. We have to actually repent of what we've done. And as we do that, accept also that God has forgiven us. We have to accept that even though we may feel too far gone, 
even though we've accepted and recognized the, the gravity of our sin and our mess up, whatever it was that we got ourselves into, we have to be able to accept God's grace and we have to be willing to make the changes that he's going to lead us into. Um, yeah, know, these I, things are, yeah, these things are easy to, to say like anything else. It's, it's really easy to walk through, you know, here's our three-step process. <laughs> feels weird saying that, but like, yes, these are our three steps, but the actual practice of them, like anything else is a lot harder. Not just like mentally processing, like, okay, I need to accept that we fall. I need to take responsibility. I need to change my behavior. Like mentally that's easy to recognize and cognitively like point ourselves to, but it's a lot harder to actually work this out at, like in the real world, in our lives to be like, yes, okay, we have fallen. We are trying to take responsibility and we are trying to change. Changing our behavior can be really, 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 really hard. Yup. <laughs> like we, we get stuck in some things and we don't even realize we're stuck in those things. And then, you know, years later, we're like, oh, I'm still doing this thing that's not quite great for me yeah it's not even necessarily like addictions or anything like that any behavior is really really hard to change i mean talk to dennis about how hard it is to get people to start flossing or something like that it's just habit formation is really hard to start and habit breaking is just as hard to do yeah i even think of just like the language we use and not even like good and bad language. Like, yes, there are, are, are words we usually tell ourselves we should avoid. But like the way we speak changes based on the surrounding we're in. I have a friend. I love him dearly. His name is Zach and he does international ministry. And it is love him to death, but it's hilarious when I see him. Because when I first see him, when he is stateside, he has this like, kind of english kind of south african accent within 10 minutes of talking with southern people he is back into a full southern draw and that's like something that he doesn't even realize but it's just so ingrained like oh i'm around southern people this is just how we talk and it's funny how that works but like he doesn't realize it he's like oh i'm just talking and now i'm saying y'all again y'all so like we don't even realize that sometimes the like changes in our behavior that we're making. Uh, so it's, it's, there's a lot to it. It's very simple to say much harder to work out. Yeah. Um, and so uh, of course, as we get to this point, the change is great. And something that we can pair with our change is a little bit of self-reflection. So again, we're in this situation where maybe we've fallen, maybe maybe we have uh, we've just sinned and just gotten ourselves into some really crazy situations. But after we've gone through and we've repented and we're trying to change, uh, it's important that we make sure that we don't just go back to the same sin. And this is where that that period of self-reflection comes in. So once you are ready to go back, once you are getting right with God again, you got to take this time to ask yourself. I mean, what happened? How, like the, the question is, how did I get here? 
is such an important question because we have to be able to look at our lives and say, sin doesn't just happen suddenly. I mean, using the big examples of like an affair or a finance scandal, you don't just suddenly have an affair with someone and go, "Uh oh, (laughs) Uh, usually there's little steps leading up to that. Uh, But the same is true, again, even for smaller things, like you don't suddenly become an alcoholic because you had one drink one day, as much as some people act like that's what's going to happen if you touch a sip of alcohol. Um, It's a process. There are steps that lead up to it. Um, And so one of the things we can do is if we are not in that state quite yet, watch for other people. Learn from other people's examples and see uh, what is it that led them to their sin, that led them to their big major falling away. Um, You know, was it burnout? Was it that they just, they worked themselves so much that they just didn't have energy to resist anymore and they gave into temptation? Or maybe it was just, there was some kind of avoidable temptation that they had, um, Maybe they were putting themselves in a dangerous situation or they just lacked accountability, they lacked support, they lacked community. Use other people's examples and learn from them. You can do that to prevent yourself from getting in this too far gone place, or you can also use it to maybe understand your own story a little bit better. Sometimes by looking at what other people have been through when they've been in a similar place as us, we can say, oh man, that's what happened to me. That's where I went wrong because we hear their stories and we realize the same weakness that they had, the same flaw in their defenses, I was there too. Um, so uh, that's a that's a big part of self-reflection is looking at other people's stories. Yeah, and on that note, when we spend time looking at other people's stories and we can usually see ourselves in other people's stories. Like some of the scariest moments I've ever had is reading through some stories of people who have had their big, you know, falling away, they messed up, whatever, and looking at it and being like, I can see myself in that position or like, I'm not far off from that position. I could definitely be there. And so it's important to look and observe and not to judge, be like, wow, they're awful for doing this. But saying from a from a point of grace, like, okay, what happened? How do we prevent that? How do we make sure we don't go down that same route? Because often those stories, it's not that I want to look at them and read them and promote them to be like, hey, look at this guy. They did something awful. It's, hey, look at this. What can we learn from this so we don't go down that path? And also, when somebody does go down that path, because we'll probably see somebody go through burnout, temptation, lack of accountability, whatever, how do we help them out of that? Where do we come in and step in as brothers and sisters to say, hey, I see where you're going. It's, it's not the right path. Let's talk about it. Let's get you some help. Let's do whatever it is you can do within your, your realm of ability. But we look at them not to judge, but to learn. Be a lifelong learner in that aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, another great thing that you can learn from other people is hopefully some examples, not just of how to not go wrong in the first place, but for when you have, how to fix it. Um, so I think of like 
when you look at these people who've gone through burnout, or maybe again, it is you, maybe it's just a, a learning to release some of your responsibilities. Maybe, maybe it would take a little bit less responsibility on yourself and, sh- and shoulder less of the burdens. Um, pass it off to some other people. Remember that no is indeed a complete sentence. Yes, that's been a hit line for us. So I'm going to keep, keep pushing that one. <laughs> but uh, for the people who've fallen into the temptation, the, the easiest fix right there. If you're, if you're struggling with a temptation and you, you know, you've repented of it, then avoiding the temptation that you can. Obviously, you can't avoid all temptation. That's just, it'd be nice, but it's not realistic. But you avoid the easy ones. Um, and then if, if you found that you struggled because you didn't have the community, you didn't have the support, then maybe fixing it is just finding that accountability in your, in your church. Maybe it's finding a small group of people that you can share with and start opening up with. Um, as you repent, as you're going through this process of repentance and changing and you do your self-reflection, you have to start thinking about what are the next steps? What do I do to make sure that I don't get back into the same situation? Um, now, now again, most of this that we've spoken about so far has been from the position of somebody who is in this place right now, who has fallen away, uh, who has struggled with sin, they've gotten themselves into something that they shouldn't have, uh, or maybe they're just, like I said, they're in a bad life situation. They're going through a divorce. They're whatever it is. But not all of us are in that position currently. Uh, Some of us, however, are still watching people go through these situations. And so, Will, I kind of want to pass this to you here and say, can you maybe speak a little bit to if we're watching someone go through these crises, if we're seeing somebody who has strayed away from the, the church, who's strayed away from God, how can we help them? What is our role as friends and family members and fellow church members? What is our role in helping people with these too far gone times in their life? I think just recognizing, first of all, like from a point of non-judgment, like we we could have just as easily been there or maybe we have been there and recognizing they're human. They're going through this great, crazy adventure called life and we might not see the full story, but it gives us the opportunity to respond like Jesus does. Jesus often walks into somebody's life and yeah, he would dine with the sinners. He spent a lot of time with the the rejects of society, not the religious leaders like the Messiah they thought would want to. Like he wanted nothing to do with most of the religious leaders. He was hanging out with the people that were considered sinners. But he loved them and he never let them change him. They never dragged him into whatever kind of sin business they were into. And he also called them farther and greater to be what they could be if they turned away from sin. Jesus enters a life and says, hey, I'm here with you. Now, repent. Don't sin. Turn away from this. Like, he doesn't just leave you there. There's a 
a great story. And I'm always cautious about sharing this because if you actually look it up in your Bible, you'll see a note about how some ancient manuscripts don't include this story. But I think it's a beautiful story, and I think it sounds like Jesus anyways, so I teach it. But there's a, a great example where Jesus is approached by the Pharisees with this woman who was caught in the act of adultery, and they're wanting him to stone her to death or to tell them to stone her to death because that's what the law calls for. This woman is the definition of too far gone. She is deserving of the death penalty. And they said, Jesus, what are we supposed to do with this woman? And he says, let he who's without sin cast the first stone. I think a lot of us have probably heard that story before. Um, but it's a beautiful story. And it's kind of a, an example of how we need to respond by recognizing that even if we're not the person who feels too far gone, we're just as fallen as they are. Even if we're not the person actively struggling with sin, with their sin, I should say, we are still struggling with our own sins. And rather than being quick to pick up stones and uh, talk about how awful the person is and make them feel that shame because of their sin, just to say, you know, I'm not going to be the one to cast the first stone. Um, but then, of course, also, Jesus says at the end of that story, go your way and sin no more. And it's like Will was saying, that idea of don't just enable them and say, well, of course, I'm not going to judge you. Encourage them also to get better, to get help, to push through that, to push through that self-reflection and that repentance. Um yeah, spend that time helping them grow out of it. Uh, I, I've really been leaning on an image of cultivation recently in my life. And just this idea of like, the people that I am around, I want to make sure that I have a space around me where they can grow out of their sin and into who God is calling them to be. And that's kind of been like, that's what Jesus did. He would go into somebody's space, call them out of their sin and, and help them rise above it. And, you know, there's some practical ways that we can do this in the 21st century because, you know, it's a little different than 2000 years ago, but so much of it stays the same. Invite them back into life and church or whatever kind of community you can because community is so important for those that are struggling. And again, like if somebody's had their entire life swept out from underneath them because of their, their fall, whether it be from doubt or an affair, whatever it is, they still need a redemptive community to come around them and help them get back from that. Just a quick caveat here. Uh, this is one of those things where it's kind of a, um... Do this where it's appropriate, of course. You know, if you know somebody is like an active abuser or something like that, maybe be cautious before bringing them back into your home and to church. But where possible, right. we always want to leave the invitation open to people and help guide them back. Right. Find the appropriate community for what they need. Yes. Um, and I know, like, with some case, somebody is a say like a drug abuser or alcohol abuser, like plug them in with a community that specializes in working through those things. So that way they, cause the biggest thing is like, you don't want somebody to have to go through it alone. And you also don't want them to be completely ostracized. Yes. Like if somebody is a abuser of 
their spouse like that is that is a different need for community and that needs to be separate from like your home and there's (laughs) there's definitely a lot of differences with that specific situation because that person needs to be out and then you're also going to have the other end of the abused that needs a community as well yeah so maybe let's not we'll not get too much into this but just use your best judgment when it comes to the invitation part of your role yes the other thing is we can gently 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 rebuke if they are unaware or in denial of their sin don't come in guns blazing being like you are a dirty sinner you need a repent and you need jesus you do that somebody's gonna run away from you being like what just happened um but you can call people out of their sin whether they're in denial of it like they're like no it's not a sin or they might be completely unaware what they're doing is wrong or harmful for themselves but you can usually give gentle nudges of like hey do you really think that's the best thing for you to be doing is that really healthy for you in the long run is that good for your soul then just like sometimes it starts with those questions other times like hey that's that's really bad for you you really should stop um it's like anything else it'll progress but start with gentle rebukes of like hey maybe you do need to do uh or stop doing something maybe you do need to get back into community this is a a great time to think back to one of our previous episodes where we talked about the need for relationship to speak into people's lives. This is where that kind of stuff comes in. When you build relationships with other people, it gives you this ability to speak to them. And so make sure that as you gently rebuke people, make sure that you're the person to do it. Um, Make sure that you have that right relationship with them and are able to speak lovingly to them because you can save people from a lot of sin and a lot of really bad life situations if you're able to be courageous enough and and build that relationship with them where you can tell them, hey, I love you, but what you're doing and what you're getting yourself into is going to lead to a really bad place. Yeah. And all of this needs to come from that heart of love, of like human to human, brother to brother, brother, sister, 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 like I love you. And I want the best for you. And we have to surround them with with love and encouragement and provide them the opportunity to have accountability and support. I think that's something a lot of us take for granted, but there are so many people that go through life without having accountability and support that don't have a, a good network of people that are willing to step into their lives to have conversations to help them grow to help them do what's right i think there's a lot of people out there that are just kind of drifting through the world and they need they need some love and maybe they have had that experience that they don't feel they can come back to church they don't feel a connection whatever it might be you can be jesus to them you can shine the light of jesus to them show them the love of christ and that might be the first step back. But it's going to start with you as the individual. 
when I think about accountability and community and support and stuff like that, when it comes to sin, um, what it, what it makes me think of is, uh, prevention and and this idea that, you know, we've talked today about, uh, people falling, people sinning, people getting into this place where they feel far from God so far that they can't come back. But something that we can do (laughs) is focus on prevention rather than trying to bring people back afterwards. Prevention is sometimes the best plan. Uh, It's always the best plan, I should say. It's not always possible. It's not always possible, and I recognize that. But prevention is really everything. And this accountability and support aspect is a huge part of prevention. Uh, Not only for people getting into sin the first time, but also for preventing them from going back. Um, the, The word in addiction communities is relapse. We talk about relapses and stuff like that, um, but as Christians, sin is just like, it's kind of like addiction. We always want to go back, and we want to prevent a relapse, and so that accountability, that support, that community, that's a really big role that we can play if we're not that person who is feeling too far gone. That's a big role that we can play in prevention and, and making sure that these people who've suffered so much already don't find themselves back in that same place again. Without having community, we can easily slip out into things that are harmful for us again. And community is such a good preventative measure because in community, it's going to be so much harder to get away with the things that are harmful for us. And and I use the for the term getting away quite clearly here because it it really is something bad that we usually can recognize like this isn't good for us this isn't good for our souls like i feel awful after these things and i want that community i want to be connected i want to be close to god again and i think it's a very true reflection of how many people feel but they don't feel that they can come close to god again community is a major step in the right direction of being part of God's people once again, being part of that community and being not just in relationship with God and in that kind of distant way that some people will feel, but being in relationship with God and with others. Because when we're feeling weak, we need other people to share with us, to let us know like, hey, it's okay to feel weak. Here's, we're, we're gonna walk through this with you. We're going to go through the moment of weakness together. So you don't need to be strong all the time. That kind of Western idea where we have to be strong all the time, at least I think it's a Western idea. I don't know if it's Eastern too, but it's, it's ingrained in our society where we have to be strong all the time and we really don't need to surround yourself with community. That's going to help you make a comeback and help you not need to make a comeback in the first place. Stay in community, period. <laughs> so if you're listening right now and you are one of those people who you're just thinking to yourself, I am definitely too far gone. Like uh, if I hear it all the time. If I step foot in a church, I'm going to catch on fire. If you're feeling something like that and you're just thinking it's been way too long since I've been to church, it's been too long since I prayed or read my Bible, I just, I'm not coming back from this. 
I want to encourage you that there is no such thing as too far gone. The process of coming back, the process of reconciling, it's not easy. You know, owning up to our mistakes and taking accountability and, and changing our behavior, none of those things are easy, but it is simple. As long as you're willing to own up and to let God change you, he will. And no matter how far you've gone, whether it is on the major scandal level of an affair or a finance corruption or things like that, or if it's just you went through a really rough divorce, no matter how far gone you may feel, you can always come back. And if you're that person who's listening and you're just thinking, no, it's not me right now, uh, then one, I want to encourage you to always be on the watch out for your friends and for yourself. Be watching, and if you see someone who's struggling, be willing to be that community who welcomes them back, who loves them, who, who can rebuke them where it's necessary, who can provide accountability and support. And also, again, make sure that you're watching your own feet. There's a good verse where Paul says, so if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. And just remember that even if you're not in that position right now, we all are fallen. And we can all get to a place where we feel separated from God or we feel separated from church. So watch yourself. Always be reflecting. Always be aware of yourself. And, and like Will said, surround yourself with community. Whether you've already fallen or you're trying to prevent yourself, always be in that community. Thanks again for listening this week. We'd like to give a special thank you to Travis D'Amato for both our theme music and sound editing. If you like either, you can find and contact him at Music 93 on Instagram. That's D-A-M-A-T-O, music 93. Remember to follow us on social media at Everyday Faith Podcast. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to share it. We're always looking for feedback to help us grow, and we look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening to the Everyday Faith Podcast. Thank you.